Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone. Big Dave and Joe from South Florida as we bring you another edition of the show. And uh, Joe, uh, obviously the World Series of Poker getting closer. We have a really interesting guest tonight. Uh, I know you haven't seen the book, but uh, uh, I will loan it to you so you can enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, A great new book uh, coming out in, uh, I guess, in just a couple of weeks or maybe even less. Uh, But uh, the name of the book is Vegas or Bust. And then the subtitle, A Family Man Takes on the Poker Pros, written by Johnny Campus. And uh, I absolutely love this story, Joe. I, I, I like, anyway, uh, kind of human interest stories surrounding the poker world. Obviously, we do tons of interviews with players and, and get their view. Uh, but it has some uh, really interesting uh, strategy discussions, uh, conversations that Johnny, who is a, a journalist, made uh, with other players there, really like, Big name players, uh, celebrities, and that sort of thing was able to work, uh, you know, the gist of some of those uh, discussions into his story. So it's a it's a great read. Uh, it's not a long book, about 170 pages, and uh, I was able to bang through it in about two days, and uh, I, I loved it. And I'm going to loan it to you afterwards. But uh, a lot of good stories. I around can't the world wait to series. read that, and I can't wait to hear Johnny's comments and stuff after your questions now. Uh, when he gets on the air. Yeah, it should be great. Uh, basically, the story surrounds Johnny's uh, 2016 trip out to the World Series of Poker. And I was there for that. I was there until about day three. I think that was the year I went out to, for the start of the uh, yeah. main event. Uh, the year before, I think I'd gone for the Colossus. So I had been there the first few days of the uh, seven-week uh, party out there. But uh, this was the year I went out for the early part of the main event. And uh, so I probably... Passed him several times, <laughs> you know, whether he was on his way to the bathroom during the break. But we'll get Johnny on in a few minutes. Uh, I just wanted to talk about some of the current things that are happening, but certainly we are very excited about the World Series of Poker. Uh, excited about a lot of things that uh, uh, may change the game. You know, the way the uh, sports betting uh, decision by the Supreme Court uh, seems to be opening up the fact that uh, online poker could return much quicker than we thought. Well, that's that was my belief as soon as that decision came down. I said, this has got to help online poker because just about all the obstacles are taken away from that now. So, you know, the only thing they got to work out is to make sure that as best they can that, uh, you know, minors aren't playing online. But I don't understand what the problem would be now, now that the Supreme Court has made this decision. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to a lot of things that can affect the game. Uh, Johnny went out to the World Series of Poker in 2006 to play for the first time and uh, right after that decided uh, to come back home and and he ended up getting married and it changed his life. He had uh, children and got away from the game completely and and still had that itch to go back out there and play again. And I know that uh, you've well, never listen, lost the that, that's, that, sounds like a blueprint for a lot of men who, like myself, who love playing poker, then got married and started a family and, you know, it's always been a dream of mine to play in that main event. I haven't done it because of the family obligations, work obligations, and, you know, 
like you said, I can't wait to read Johnny's book yeah, and, and hear what stuff. he has to say tonight on the show. So, uh, And it's really concise and, and solid writing. Uh, Johnny wrote for magazines before and other publications, newsletters, and that sort of thing, and, and is a, a very good writer. So he was able to really condense the information into uh, you know, a great package. Now there's not a lot of blah, blah, blah going on, and it's it's really... It's really great, and we'll get to him uh, in just a few minutes. He went back to, uh, after the 10-year period elapsed, he took his family out, and they turned it into a family trip with a trip to Disneyland uh, mixed in and the Grand Canyon and all the great stuff that a family can do uh, when they travel out to Vegas and uh, the West Coast. So um, it really was a a great time and a great read. So we'll get to Johnny, and we'll uh, talk about that in just a minute. I do want to talk about the uh, Bobby Baldwin Classic which is kind of the end of the season for the World's World Poker Tour. Uh, last couple of years, it's been down here in South Florida where they had the Tournament of Champions uh, and worked in a, the World Series uh, finale and a couple of really big tournaments. Uh, and uh, it was a lot of fun down here. But this year, they decided to go back to Vegas, to the Aria, and uh, work uh, their final two tournaments in there. The Tournament of Champions starts tomorrow, as we tape the show here, on Thursday the 24th. And uh, before that, they're finishing up uh, a new tournament called the Bobby Baldwin Classic, which uh, is kind of a throwback, I think, to some of the days of that we were familiar with several years ago. A $10,000 buy-in event and no re-entries, no additional starting flights, just one opening session. And that was the normal, just a good old-fashioned freeze-out is uh, what they say. And attracted 162 players. They are now down to the final table. They started a little bit earlier today out there. And a great uh, ending field, which is uh, I'm pretty excited about. Phil Helmuth made a very deep run, ended up bubbling the final table. So I don't know what he... I'm sure he's excited to make the final table. It could have taken him away from the WPT raw deal that he is doing now. So, uh, you know, I guess there's good things and bad things about everything. But the final table... Uh, Darren Elias was looking for his fourth World Poker Tour title, and he would be the only one to do that. Uh, was a chip leader going into today with 2.1 million chips, and Dietrich Fast, who uh, won the Super High Roller, I think he won LAPC two years ago uh, from Germany. He is was in second going into the day, um, and uh, then they also have Joe McKeon at the table, who was one of the short stacks, along with Jonathan Little. And in between there, uh, Sam Panzeca and Kitty Quo, who I follow on Twitter. Uh, she's married to Russell Thomas, who made the, end of the uh, November 9 a couple of years ago. Uh, she's from China. And very cute girl that uh, doesn't quite have a great grasp of the English language. <laughs> so when you follow her on Twitter, it's it's always good for kind of a chuckle. Here and there, but she uh, works hard at improving her English and very good poker player, and she is at that final table as well. Uh, I can tell you that Jonathan Little was the first one knocked out today in sixth place, uh, so he uh, ends up leaving the tournament, uh, makes 74,000. I think there's 387, 387k up top, but uh, they are down to five players and uh, still Elias with a big lead. And uh, I want to keep an eye on that uh, throughout the show tonight. And then, of course, we'll give you all the results next week. But the Tournament of Champions follows tomorrow. So uh, with everything being right in Vegas, right before the, the World Series of Poker, it's going to be some huge fields in some of these uh, big events, including the um, the ARIA Super High Roller Bowl, which starts uh, on the 27th. 
and they've been growing every year ever since they've decided to, you know, kind of intrude a little bit on the WSOP uh, exclusivity that they had for so many years. And now we're seeing so many of the different hotels and like like you just said, I think it just draws even more people to the uh, to these events. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of stuff happening, obviously, with Pennsylvania trying to get online poker started. They're struggling with the licensing process and everything for that. So uh, they had hoped to be open uh, by the summer, but it looks like late summer now is probably the best hope there. Uh, different things happening. Two uh, Atlantic City casinos Reopening the ta- Trump Taj Mahal is reopening as the Hard Rock in Atlantic Good. City, and the one that was known as uh, Revel, uh, 2.4 billion dollar that uh, yeah that that was that was a, that disaster. Was a disaster from the, from the word go. They ended up selling for uh, pennies on the dollar there, but that's going to be reopened as the Ocean Resort Casino, and something that I don't believe is too smart is that uh, they're planning to open their doors on the same day, <laughs> June 28th. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Uh, if we get to it a little time later on, we'll talk about uh, Gordon Vallejo's lawsuit against Poker Stars, which is ongoing. Uh, kind of a crazy uh, situation there. Gordon Vallejo, of course, uh, second place finisher to Quee Win. We talked about him when, when uh, Steve Blay was on the show a couple of weeks ago. And um, stuff going on with the World Series of Poker Circuit. Uh, Valentin Vornicu. Uh, Valentin Vornicu uh, and... Maurice Hawkins both had ten rings going into this tournament out in uh, in New Orleans. Turns out uh, Vornicu wins back-to-back tournaments, two more rings to give him twelve, and then not to be outdone, Hawkins wins the twenty-two hundred dollar high roller right after that. So it's day one so it's behind. Now tw- it's now twelve to eleven. Uh, yeah, let me tell you, more, who go, who's going to hear the end of it with Maurice now being one behind? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark uh, Cuban, of the, the owner of Dallas Nav- Mavericks, obviously uh, uh, a big name in uh, several things uh, involved with this uh, sports betting uh, situation, has made his thoughts known and believes that online poker may make a huge return. Uh, so, you know, this is what we'll talk about a little bit later on and into next week. Well, I tell you, I, I, I agree 100% with him. As soon as that decision came down, like I said, I... I just said, wow, poker poker should be back within the next two or three years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, we were going to have two guests on tonight, I think I announced last week. I decided to move uh, Sherry Bykowski. She's a good friend of Johnny's, and uh, she has also published a book, uh, written a book that uh, is being published. I think hers comes out the first week of June. It's called The Kaizen of Poker, How to Continuously Improve Your Hold'em Game. Uh, Kaizen, a Japanese word uh, that involves uh, continuous improvement and uh, some great stuff. Uh, I wanted to give Joe a chance to look over the book and maybe come up with a few questions for her. I think she's going to be on the first week of June. So June 3rd, she had some uh, stuff going on next week. uh, And it it was just too tight for us to try to arrange both her and Johnny on the same show. So uh, Johnny is with us, so he's uh, waiting on the line. And uh, so we'll take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk with Johnny Campus, the uh, author of Vegas or Bust, a really great book. And I think we'll have a fun show tonight. Uh, talking with Johnny. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Uh, You're listening to Poker Action Line, and you can pick us up at all the great places uh, that you get your podcast, and look forward to uh, speaking with Johnny when we return. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. 
Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. What is that? Oh, that? That's my time machine. Does it work? Sure. Just hit this button. Whoa, dinosaurs. Cool. Or we can go here. Hey, that's Napoleon. Me. Or we can go to the future. Wow, hey, you have this nice house. Do I have a nice house? No, you didn't save any money. Always spent it on vacations and stuff. If only there was a way I could go back in time and correct that bad habit. Yep. Okay, the time machine is not real. But the saving thing is. Get in the habit of putting some of your money in savings each week through a 401k, savings account, or financial investments. Put away a few bucks. Feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy tips on saving, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. What does this crazy little button do? Wait, no! This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe, another edition of Poker Action Line. Our special guest tonight is uh, author Johnny Campus, who uh, wrote a book published by ECW Press. And it's called Vegas or Bust, The Family Man Takes on the Poker Pros. A great read, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a book that you can sit down, and, and you, you might just read it in one sitting because it's, mm-hmm. it's so interesting. And, uh, you know, if you've got a few, couple hours, uh, several hours to, uh, to do it, we'll uh, certainly would recommend that. But uh, Johnny, uh, who is in uh, Coleman, Alabama, his hometown, uh, he's a... So he's a uh, Roll Tide guy, I guess you would say. Uh, Johnny, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes to be with us. So I'm, I'm honored to be on. Thank you guys for having me. Did you go to Alabama? I can't remember what you said. I think I know your wife went to Alabama. Yeah, I, I uh, went to Alabama, lived in Tuscaloosa for 15 years, so I'm pretty ingrained in the Alabama culture. But you're not a, you weren't a student at uh at Alabama. No, I, I was. I oh, you were? I had a bachelor's okay. in ger- journalism and a master's in marketing okay. from UA. And in 2006, uh, you made it to the World Series of Poker, and uh, really that was like a milestone because that was the year of the uh, Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act, uh, which changed the game completely. I was looking at some of the numbers of the World Series. Obviously, we remember that uh, the first first started to take off with Chris Moneymaker the year they they had like 839 players but that was that win was so popular that it tripled the next year the year that Greg Raymer won and then it doubled again with uh Joe Hashem winning uh the next year in 2005 and then Jamie Gold's year uh, was the 8700 the high high water mark of the World Series of Poker but uh 2006 was uh, kind of uh right after um, a couple years after Chris Moneymaker, were you a Moneymaker uh, prodigy? I, I got into poker when Rounders came out. That's what really got me into it. So a little pre-Moneymaker, I believe that was around 98 or so. And uh, so I played played little poker in Mississippi casinos and underground games in Tuscaloosa. And what really got me, I guess I really got into it with Moneymaker and the World Poker Tour, obviously 2002. I mean, that was the first, I guess, when whole card cameras 
for Populize right, exactly. World Poker Tour, then Money Maker. And I decided in 2005 that I was going to leave my newspaper job and actually play poker uh, for a living and freelance right. And I actually, at that time, I was pursuing a poker book. I wanted to travel the tournament circuit and kind of report about what that was like and talk about the people that I meet and, and that kind of thing. Unfortunately, by the time I got around to trying to do that, the book market had kind of become deluged with uh, books. And actually, right. my friend Jay Greenspan wrote a book very similar to the concept called Hunting Fish. And if you never read that one, I'd recommend you go back and read reading that one. That was in 2006. That. I will do that. Uh, 2000, yeah. 2006 was the year, obviously, that you went out there and finally got a chance to do it. And then your life changed. Uh, you know, it's it's really kind of a, a beautiful story. And you word it so well that uh, how rich your life is now because it changed. You met uh, your future wife, who is now your wife, and obviously you had st- uh, beautiful children. And uh, it's kind of an interesting story because uh, your son uh, has some learning disabilities, and uh, obviously poker was uh, probably the farthest thing from your mind a few years after that as you uh, as you raise him now. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, meeting your wife and uh, how that worked out and and. and Pulled you off the uh, the dream of poker. Yeah, I met her. We met for a first date just literally four or five days before I was going out to Vegas for the 2006 WSOP, and I was going to be out there for pretty much the duration of it. And so we we had a nice date, but she probably didn't. Well, this guy's going to be gone for the whole summer, so. <laughs> and, and I was the same way. You know? <laughs> I, uh, I uh, uh, up in touch while I was out there during the summer and, and basically kind of fell in love from a, but, uh, you know, I, I guess I, at that point I was trying, I was hoping to hit it big. I had won my seat in the main event through poker share. If you remember that, right. That website, which there were probably 200 online poker sites back in those days. Right. And so I, I, I went out there with a chance to, to hit it big. I didn't hit it big. I cashed. And uh, so I was pretty happy about that. But then I said, well, I'm going back to grad school. And I actually left Vegas a week early to go back and, and see Amy. And then we hit it off if you, uh, very quickly. If you hadn't met Amy, what do you think? How would your life be different? Would you have gone back out in 2007? And uh, would you be traveling uh, the World Series of Poker Circuit and the different uh, tournaments, maybe, maybe some smaller ones like uh, Heartland Poker Tour or whatever was around back then? Uh, how would your life have been different if you hadn't met her, you think? I probably would have played more tournament series, but I should say that I wasn't, poker wasn't completely away. I wasn't completely away from it. I actually was involved in, with Rounder Magazine, some other poker websites, and uh, so I actually did do a little traveling, and I did go back out to Vegas most summers, but for short trips for the most part. So I, I probably I undoubtedly would have been out there longer. I probably would have done whole summer trips if I were a single guy, and uh, I don't know if I'd be the better for it, but it would have been different. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, you did write for several magazines, including Rounders, you mentioned, uh, but that was one of the big changes after 2006. That a lot of those places, a lot of those magazines dried up eventually. Some lasted a, a while, but uh, Bluff and All In which are not around anymore. Mm-hmm. They were around when I first started doing my radio show in 2011, but uh, it was a show. It was a slow uh, uh, downslide until, of course, Black Friday in 2011, and that changed everything. So 
uh, in the 10 years since you decided to go back in 2016 and uh, play in a tournament a second time, uh, just huge changes to the world of poker. Absolutely. And that, that's why I wanted to write the book when I did, because 2016 was such a round number. The 10 years from UIGEA is 10 years for me since I'd played the, played the main event and, and met my wife and just kind of reflect on how, how things have changed in my life in poker. And it's not that I have some big ego. I just thought that it, it would be kind of interesting, uh, I guess, apt to tell it from my story, uh, kind of an every man of type of poker player because most poker players that are out there are, are, are like me or, or you guys, you know, just kind of going out there recreationally. We're not, you know, we're pretty good at poker, but we're not going to go up there and beat, uh, you know, the best. So we're just going out there, have a good time and, and, and see what we can do. And, and that represents most people. So I, I think that story hopefully will be appealing to a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that kind of stuck out me toward the beginning of the book was uh, your explanation about poker tournaments and that really what it, all it is is really a series of math problems. Uh, you talk about what's yeah. involved in every given, given hand. Can you kind of run that down for us a, a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I, that, it might be tough to think of everything that, that I thought well, of. But I, I got it here. I can, I can lead you into it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you talk first of all about, uh, you know, the size of your stack, obviously. Uh, opponent stacks, the level of the blinds, uh, the time remaining in that level, how many players must bust out before you get to the money, uh, and how uh, that factors into how everyone else plays the hand. Yeah. yeah I mean, the size of bets, how it affects how other people are going to, going to call, raise. There's so many factors, how much time left in the level, how many players, like you say, before the bubble breaks? And I was just trying to explain it a little bit to my sister-in-law, and I think I had her head spinning. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty tough. Publishers Weekly, uh, I was very fortunate to get a, a pretty positive review from them. They talked about that uh, jargon can get a little tedious, and, and I think they, I think they kind of understood it. You know, it's hard to explain poker without throwing a lot of jargon in there. And I was trying to find a balance between writing for a poker player and someone who – or even a casual has a casual interest in poker and someone that maybe doesn't know poker at all. Right. And it, it, it's really hard to, to find the balance. It's those hard three to straddle, straddle all that for sure, but I think you did a good job doing it. But uh, the stuff we just mentioned, that's even before a hand even starts. I mean, after the hand starts, yeah. uh, you know, you look at your cards, you see a flop, you gotta, you got to take into account the size of, of the bets of the other players, whether you should raise, how much, the size of that raise and how that will affect the other future uh, streets of the of the hand, and uh, how that uh, bets that other players make can affect your response to their raises or uh, or folds. It's amazing how our brains don't melt at the poker table. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy, but uh, uh, I thought it was uh, a good explanation of what's involved in the game, and it really is, you know, people talk about uh, using math and, and I know that uh, you have done some of that. I've had some guests on recently that were big math guys. And, uh, you're not really a math person. You're more of a, a person who reads the other players and that sort of thing. Uh, tell us about your outlook and how you got good at the game. Because you said that uh, you, know, uh, you knew that you could play the game on that level. And uh, you've been able to uh, excel at the game. What is your basic structure and outlook of how you approach uh, each hand? 
I tell you, I, I, I did excel, but at this point, I'm starting to wonder. I'm in the red for the year so far. Now, I don't play a ton of poker, but uh, it is frustrating that beer, the guy that's writing the poker book can't win at poker. <laughs> I've, I've had quite a few jokes about that. Have they been picking but, on you? Uh, <laughs> uh, as far as how I approach uh, poker, I really am. I'm just and I talk about a little bit in the book, just a grinder, like so many people are grinders. I'm just trying to, I'm not trying to get rich playing poker. At one, at one time I had that dream. I mean, 2005, 2006, when I was traveling, playing a lot of poker, I was imagining, you know, my, my bracelets and my trophies and whatever else, you know, that I might win and, you know, I have a case and all that and all this money I was going to win and, and, you know, not realistic, but I guess it doesn't hurt to dream. And, and now I just play for fun, just try to win a little money. And, you know, it's really more of a competitive thing. I don't, the wins and losses don't bother me as far as the money so much because I don't want to play to a degree that it would actually hurt you financially. That'd be irresponsible as a, uh, you know, a father and husband. But it's really more the competitive nature. I, I, I hate to lose. <laughs> and so it's frustrating when I, when I do lose at poker. Absolutely. Uh, one of the people you talk to and talk about your discussions with him in the book is James Woods, the actor. When I was out there in 2016, um, I had a chance to interview him. He was made it very deep into a couple of tournaments. So he is uh, pretty wise when it comes to playing at the table. And I love the, the comment he made uh, when he says, uh, when you go into any game, and he had heard this from a friend who uh, applied it to the tournaments, uh, when you go into any game, you have to decide how you want to play. Uh, in a tournament, you have to decide, do you want to just cash? Do you want to have some fun? Do you want to win? Do you want to be famous? Do you want to be rich? Uh, expand on that a little bit. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that viewpoint. I, I think uh, if you you play a certain style, you're probably not going to win a lot of tournaments. You're playing conservatively. I know a guy, there's a guy I play with here in Coleman that he's done really well in tournaments and sometimes in cash games, like, what is he doing? But he's really aggressive. He's, so he's pushing, pushing, pushing. And that's how you build a stack in a tournament. You know, that's how you build that big stack and can run over people at the end game of a tournament. So that, that style works very well for him. I, when I was out there in 2016, I kind of talk about how I was trying to play more aggressively than I had in the past. I think I had, maybe a little, been a little too meek in the past and I was trying to be more aggressive. I think that can be to my detriment. When I went back and played the monster stack in 2017, I bombed out with pocket Queens uh, after like an hour and ran into aces. I was just, I was thinking, man, it was a stupid play because I just, I put too many big blinds in the pot trying to be aggressive. Well, you're not going to bully aces out of the pot, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got to be aggressive in poker, but you got to, it's got to be controlled aggression. Uh, as I look to uh, some of the latest news about online poker possibly returning, uh, do you think you would get involved with that in your life? Uh, I know you don't have a lot of time for some of that th- stuff, but would you try to play more online uh, as opposed to uh, traveling? Yeah, that's, I play some now. It's not nearly what I used to play, but I play on America's Card Room, okay. and I started playing on Global Poker recently, which I find interesting that I'm not sure how familiar with global you can actually deposit and withdraw via PayPal because it's it's a sweepstakes but you can convert it to cash and somehow that gets around the laws. Don't ask me why. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone deep into that, but I thought that was interesting. 
So I'll play a little bit. Yeah, I think it's very exciting to see the future with with sports betting being legalized or potentially, I guess, allowed to be legalized state by state uh, to see how that affects online poker. I do think it will grow. I know that Nolan Dalla, I believe, I believe he talked about this last week, talked about how you know some of that, some money, actually going to be less money because more people that play poker may bet sports now. It'd be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you work into this story a lot of uh, thoughts about, uh, you know, improving your game and getting better. I mean, it's not a real technical, but uh, some of the, the contributors, uh, the people you interviewed, you worked in some of their quotes, and, and I, I loved a lot of that stuff. Uh, one of the great lines I thought was Hank Sitton. You talked about uh, your relationship with him and friendship with him. Uh, he talked about how he was uh, more excited about uh, busting Fader Holtz in a tournament than he was about winning anything. Uh, he says, uh, I have three objectives when I play. First, have a good time. Second, make a new friend at the table. And third, just try to make good decisions. I, I thought that kind of summed things up pretty uh, uniquely. Yeah, I agree. And it kind of ties in with what James Woods was saying. You know, it's... It, what do you want to do in the tournament? You don't have to, you don't really have to want to, I mean, everybody wants to win, but I mean, it doesn't have to be the be all end all. I mean, it can just be about having a good time and making good, making good decisions and hoping that, that those pan out. When you know, you... I talk, I talk a little bit about, sorry, to interrupt no, you go there, ahead. Go ahead. about, you know, the, the golf analogy where, you know, you can, you can make a good shot and it hit a rock and bounce, you know, sideways. And in poker, you can make a good play, and you get sucked out on. And you can make a bad play, and get lucky. I mean, right. can, in golf, you can hit the grandstand and it bounce onto the green. You know, so <laughs> it's uh, that's just the nature of the game. Let me let me ask you a little bit about your uh, your thoughts. Oh, Joe, you got a question? I, I just wanted to let Johnny know that I have a, a similar statement that I say to players when they go, "I did everything," and I go, "Yeah, you know, the the operation was a success, but the patient died anyway." So that was <laughs> that was my way of explaining that. Yeah, you could do everything correct. You got every, the, the the other person's money in really bad for them, and you know they hit that one or two outer on them. So, like you said. Uh, as you made the trip out there, and I want to just focus a little bit on uh, the writing because it's always fascinating to me. I would love to write a book someday, and and uh, you approached it uh, uh, with a certain uh, mind frame because you know you you had pitched the uh, the publisher your uh, your book idea, and they accepted it, and they sponsored you in the tournament then, and uh, uh, you had a bankroll going out there. And how much different did things turn out than Kind of how you planned it as you headed out there. Well, a spoiler alert: I did not win the main event. Uh, <laughs> to go, right? <laughs> I am trying to stay away from a lot of the results because I don't want to spoil that for people. But uh, yeah, you know, yeah, obviously, absolutely. I don't want to talk too much about that either. But you know, that's uh, pretty obvious. I did not win the main event. They so. didn't see you on the November uh, nine that year, so uh, you went out at least in tenth place. <laughs> but 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 I did help Kenny Howyer in his efforts. I will right. say that. So I did I did feed him a little bit <laughs> in day two. But I mean, but, it, but uh, from, from the writing standpoint, how things turned out uh, was it a constant process of adjusting your uh, viewpoints? Yeah, yeah, I think that you know the view is going to change. Yeah, absolutely, from week to week, day to day, as as ups and downs with the game. 
I got to say that I, I did think things, I guess things could have gone very poorly very quickly and they didn't. So I, I will say that at least. So that, that made it a lot easier. I can imagine the stress that if, you know, I'm just bombing out right from the very beginning and, oh no, I'm down to a hundred bucks with uh, four weeks to go. <laughs> that might've made for a less interesting story from, from that perspective. Although of course I'm still telling the story of poker 10 years later, that much will not change. So, uh, I always had that to lean on, I guess, if I uh, bombed out and failed in my personal effort. But you know, just seeing the how well the kids were doing out there, and and that was a big part of it. Because like you mentioned, my son, he has a form of autism called childhood disintegrative disorder. Basically, he developed fairly normally for the first few years of his life and then suddenly had a major regression. It's a very rare form of autism. It's also a, a very severe form of autism so uh, that that definitely um, is a big part of it and i was very happy to see him do well out there and, and as you speak so, as you speak about your wife uh she seems fantastic that she was understanding of this uh, itch that needed to be scratched and uh really pushed you forward to uh go ahead and, and continue to, to to play the main event because you were out there for several weeks you played a lot of different tournaments not just at the Rio, but other places. And and that's one of the enjoyable things for me is you talk about decisions that you had to make on what you would play and, and where you would go. And there's so many things to do out there. And everybody's going to have mm-hmm. a different path. But uh, uh, she she backed you all the way. And that, that's part of the great part of the story. Yeah, a very supportive wife. And uh, I just can't say enough about her and the support she gave me on this. She really pushed me to to send in the proposal, try it again, because uh, I thought I might be losing my job. So you should really go for it. And then once we got there, she kept telling me to go for it. And uh, so so I did. You know, listen, a very wise woman. And, I, and uh, I'm a wise man for marrying her, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly would say, agree with that. Uh, also, the great stories about different hands and everything. Uh, um, there is so much material i'm sure you just had copious amounts of notes uh not only the quotes from people you talked to and interviewed but the things that happened and and, uh is is there anything that you really had to kind of leave out that there just wasn't enough room and time for everything that that you'd like to uh, mention now here on the show well i would say that the 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 big thing leaving out was excuse me there were more people i would have liked to have interviewed and uh, to some degree, I ran out of time. I needed to, to get it in pretty quick. And so and looking back, some of the people I wanted to talk to is just more old white guys like myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> there are enough, enough of those in there already. But uh, nothing too deep, just, you know, maybe a little, more, little bit more detail here and there. But I wanted something fairly concise. Uh, I think I mentioned to you before that I was – I come from the newspaper industry, and we write pretty, pretty – uh, short by nature uh i guess that's less of an issue for me now because i'm no longer newspapers there's a, there's plenty of space You're not running out of uh of space for to print on, on uh, the internet so um but yeah i'm trying to write short and i want it to, to be uh not overly wordy and I, I, i'm pretty satisfied with the end product there's some great stuff in the back in the appendices uh, you talk about money management you talk about uh some tips on uh, making your travel out there, and just a, just a few, as you mentioned, pearls of wisdom 
uh, as you uh, you look for different things to do and where you're going to play and when you're going to play and, and how you're going to juggle your family life while you're out there? Yeah, the, the summer is just such a, a great time if you're a poker player. I mean, if you have the means uh, and the time to travel to Vegas during the summer, you just owe it to yourself to go out there. And I kind of envy those people that have, you know, this is their first time or this is their second time. Because I remember what it was like. I I traveled with a friend since 2004, World Series Poker, the last one at Binion's. And it was just, it was awe inspiring to go to that first one. And and I plunked down $1,000 and played in a, in a tournament. I was so outmatched. And I'm playing with, uh, Dewey Tomko and Phil Helmuth and Amir Vahidi and people like that. I mean, back in those days, it was all names every table because <laughs> the, the tournaments were so small. And then to go back in 2005, the first time at the Rio and how big it was. And it's every year you see it get bigger and bigger. But the first time is just so magical. And I love to, to try to give people some advice on what to do. I'm pretty active on two plus two talking about that kind of stuff too. Just, you know, you know, should you rent a car? Should you stay here? Or it's a good place to get some cheap food. So that kind of led into putting that part into the book because I really like to dispense that advice because I have been around it uh, a lot. And obviously two years ago I was there for the entire summer in which uh, two or three summers I've been out there for the most of the series. So yeah, I wanted to be helpful too, I guess. Uh, as you, uh, give people advice not only on those individual type things like that but on general things as well and I, th I found really interesting the conversation that you had uh, about the Peter principle which basically is that people will rise to their uh, level of incompetence uh, they'll, they'll be promoted in different jobs and and move up the ladder until they get to a point where they have a job that they really can't succeed at and that poker can often be the same. And you talked about how people move up and sometimes you need to move back, and a lot of people have trouble doing that. They do, and, and that's the the problem with ego in poker because people think that they're all the best, right? I mean, that's why they're the games are good because fish don't realize they're fish most of the time. I mean, maybe a few of them do, and they're just they're just throwing money away because they just like doing it. But most people think that they're better than they are, and so yeah, you you that's why you got to keep good records because then you know, you know, I'm winning at one two, but I'm losing at two five. So if I can't beat it, I better go back down to one two, or retool my game, study something, and and that's that's kind of where I am am now. I mean, I just play one two. I play. Um, small stuff I, i'm not trying to, to beat the world i'm just trying to have a good time and i think there's probably that would probably be good advice for a lot of poker players because i think too many of them are uh are, are trying a little too hard to beat the highest le higher level games and i guess the sharks like it though <laughs> well hopefully you'll make lots of money with this book a lot of people i hope will read it and uh really enjoy it it's a very entertaining read uh any thoughts about uh you know, obviously you still love the game. So any thoughts about uh, what your next uh, foray to Vegas will be? I'll be out there a few days this summer, the uh, the end of June. In fact, I'm speaking to the uh, poker discussion group that meets every Wednesday at Ricardo's in Vegas. I'll be there June okay. I believe it's 27th. It's the last Wednesday uh, in June. I believe they meet at noon, but 
that's a group that's been around a long time. I believe it started by Linda Johnson and Jan Fisher. Yeah, great people. And uh, yeah, so that that that's been an institution I think for over a decade now. So I'm very honored to to go speak to them about my book then. Well, I wish you luck if you head out there uh, and, and decide to stay for the main event. I don't know if that's in your plans right now, but uh, <laughs> uh, just a great, just a great story. And uh, I know it takes a ton of time. You probably, as you mentioned, you didn't realize how long it would take, but uh, there are so many things involved with with getting it down and then having it ed- edited. And and I'm sure there's lots of people to thank along the way. But I love the line by uh, your friend Hank Sitton that said. I love poker because it's pure. Age, social status, background, these have absolutely no bearing on anything. It's competition in the purest form, and an old guy like me can hold his own with a 25-year-old who thinks he's the best in the world. Just a great quote. Yeah, I think I think that pretty much sums up poker, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, all the best on the, on the book tour. If you, uh, I'm sure you're doing a lot of stuff uh, out of Alabama and. If you get a chance to uh, to sell a lot of books out in Vegas, I, I think it would be great. I highly recommend it to people. It is very entertaining. We didn't get a lot into the results and stuff like that or the exact uh, strategy of the game. I'll leave it to people to uh, pick up a copy of the book and, and really delve into that. But I can tell them it's it's a really fun read, and uh appreciate your taking the time to be with us tonight. Yeah, I appreciate it, fellas. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Hopefully uh, we'll get the chance to meet in person someday. Uh, best of luck with the book, Vegas or Bust, A Family Man Takes on the Poker Pros by Johnny Campus. Johnny, uh, thanks again. Thank you. Okay, Johnny Campus uh, and uh, uh, published by, as I mentioned, ECW Press. You can go to ecwpress.com and uh, I'm sure get a copy on the website or I'm sure it will be for sale. Uh, it's in paperback. And uh, you probably can go down to Amazon uh, online or go down to your Barnes & Noble and uh, eventually pick that up. But uh, just, a, just a fun read and a great story, Joe. Did, did he send that one to you since you the, sent the company, it? The company the said company it to sent me, that uh, out the to publisher. You? Wow, that's, that, I, this is going to be something I'm going to look forward to reading. Yeah, so. you'll have fun. You really will have a lot of fun reading it. And uh, certainly, uh, I, I really honestly uh, look forward to meeting Johnny someday, I'm sure. Uh, I walked by him many times out there uh, in 2016 when he was uh, when he was doing that. So uh, uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, let's take our uh, our next break Sorry. on the show, and we will uh, be back with the more of the show. We'll talk a little bit about a few other things, including uh, our upcoming guest uh, Sherry Bukowski. I do want to mention that, and. Uh, We'll take a look at that when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line, SoundCloud, a great place to get the show. Uh, also, uh, Stitcher.com, you pick us up on the Hold'em Radio Network. Go to our website at PokerActionLine.com or go to the Poker Fuse podcast page. Those are some of the places I constantly invite people to uh, pick up the show and download it. Or just iTunes, just search Poker Action Line on iTunes and you can pick it up there as well. We'll be back with more of the show when we return. Poker Action Line here on a Wednesday night. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick-six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker-playing skills. 
It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe. Uh... Our thanks to Johnny Campus. Uh, an interesting uh, read. Vegas or bust, a family man takes on the poker pros. I'm going to let Joe take it home with him tonight. And uh, the other author from uh, ECW Press is Sherry Bykovsky, who uh, did a lot of work with Lou Krieger. We were talking about Lou during the break, that we've both read his stuff and some interesting uh, strategy things that were in Poker Player Magazine. He, he also helped uh, with some of his books. You know, uh, I remember my brother, when my brother was starting to learn the game and I had told him to get online and just play play money and then I sent him some a few dollars just so he could play penny two pennies and I remember him telling me my brother has been published you know and loves to read and get educated and he he would always mention Luke Krieger some of his his books for beginners on 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 Hold'em and like you said, you and I both enjoyed reading him in his columns. Yeah, absolutely. I, it was funny. I told Sherry when I talked to her yesterday that I probably kept every issue of Poker Player. It was in your room. I remember you had a rack there, and I would pick that up every week. And I had a whole crate full of, of them, and uh, it took up a lot of room. And I, I pulled out a lot of great stories because not not only did it cover the results of different tournaments uh, on a very uh, extensive basis, but it had a lot of good en- uh, articles about uh, strategy and, and things to think about in the game from a lots of different great authors. Well, let me. I'm, I'm going to go with you one further than that, Big Dave. I love that magazine so much that when I stopped working in the casino for a short period of time and I didn't get out a chance to get out there, I actually subscribed to it and had it delivered to my house. Excellent. So that's how much I enjoyed Card player reading some of the, you know, besides Well, Lou. poker player, not, I mean, not card player. I write poker player, but, I mean, you know, 
reading the, all these great authors, including Lou in there, and it was fantastic. Well, I, I had dealt with uh, the publisher, Stanley Sludikoff, uh, for several years, and uh, uh, through my uh, connections with Highly and PR at Highly. Uh, but um, you know, it was a it was a great, and I I held on for for many many years, and I would go occasionally and pull articles out. And it just got to the point when I moved about a year ago that I had to get rid of a lot of them. So and you gave me some of those, I did, which yes. has given us some some ideas for some of our uh, shows. Absolutely. But uh, Sherry uh, wrote a book with Lou called uh, Secrets the Pros Won't Tell You About Winning Hold'em Poker. So. Uh, uh, she has written books with him and gone on now to uh, work on a couple others. I think she worked on three altogether with him, I think she said. Anyway, uh, her new book is called The Kaizen of Poker. Kaizen, a Japanese word meaning continuous improvement. And uh, we will talk with her in a couple of weeks uh, when we can uh, hook up uh, probably the uh, first part of June. So I uh, look forward to talking with Sherry. But uh should be some good stuff there as well. So uh hope to have a lot more authors uh, coming on. I'm getting in touch with some of the publishers. I know that uh, Lance Bradley has a book out now. We're working on getting him. Lance was the editor of Bluff Magazine for many years and uh, now works with Poker News and, and does a lot of writing. I know he has a busy summer ahead of him, but if we're able to squeeze him in, he did a book inter- talking about Maybe the top 100 players in the world, the most popular players uh, in in interviews, each of them with about five or six questions, and uh, gives a true insight into some of the big name players that uh, I enjoy following. So uh, now this is his list of uh, That's top Lance. 100. Yeah, I I don't know exactly how he determined it, but he has access to just about everybody. So uh, you know, I, when I when I get a copy of the book, I'm going to look into a little more about how he decided who he was going to interview. But, uh, you know, when you think of the most interesting people from veterans like uh, like Doyle Brunson and Johnny Chan and, and players like that to the stars of today like Jason Mercier and Danielle Anderson and and uh, the foreign players like Elkie Grosspellier and people like that. Oh, one of the people one of, you didn't mention Daniel Negreanu, which well, is one of yeah. my one of my top guys of all time. Speaking of Negreanu, uh, there's a great series, and I, I know I plug uh, Poker Go, but I think it's uh, since uh, it's it's an app that you can get on your tablet or your phone um, with coverage of final tables. This summer, their list of tournaments is incredible, and we'll go down that in a little bit. But they also do some other, uh, produce some other shows that uh, are first-run things, and they have one going now called The Insiders, where they take a look at three players who are currently preparing for next week's uh, Super High Roller Bowl at the Aria. And it's Negranu, uh, Seth Davies, and Brandon Adams, who's from Miami here. So Now, when you say they, they follow them preparing... Mean from from like the word go to prepare well, for this? Yeah, or, I mean, uh, or from a poker word go? Like, are they no, getting no, into their mindset? They get involved in their personal life. They have interviews at their homes, and uh, you know, uh, Brandon Adams is a very good tennis player, and they follow him, and he talks about how his uh, tennis game works into his poker life, and some of the decisions there as well. Uh, Seth Davies is. Uh, a uh, pretty successful player, but not the uh, Davies and Adams are not as well known, obviously, as Negreanu. So it gives you a good uh, insight into different types of players. Of course, Negreanu never uh, never met a subject that he didn't want to talk about, and uh, he's very uh, 
very engaging, and and uh, you see some of his personal life and a life with his with his brother and, and other family members and that sort of thing as well. So that's on Poker Go right now. There's uh, going to be seven episodes altogether. I think they have four posted right now, and they're not long. They're uh, anywhere from eight to eleven minutes, something like that. And uh, it's kind of like it's not really like cribs. I don't I don't want to say it's a look at their homes and that's it, but it's a look at uh, how they got invited to the tournament what their preparations are, and to talk about what it means to them to play in a big event like that. That sounds like it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I've watched the first uh, three, I think, and uh, I know there were four when I looked last night, so they're still adding them along the way. But if you go to Poker Go, uh, I suggest, highly recommend, if you're a a poker person, to uh, get a subscription. It's $10 a month. Uh, I actually got a deal right around Christmas as they tried to sell yearly subscriptions and got one for $79 for the entire year, and I got a hoodie, a uh, Poker Go hoodie there you go. that they sent in. So uh, great deal, and I'm sure they'll do that again. But that's all uh, involved right now on Poker Go. And then they'll be covering the Super High Roller Bowl extensively. You won't be able to see much of that on TV because it's on this uh, app and channel. And uh, then later on, uh, they're going to stream um, final tables throughout the uh, the broadcast schedule of the uh, World Series of Poker. So uh, that starts in June, uh, just a few weeks away. They they start out with a three three k no limit hold'em shootout. The final table of that, you know, there's uh, the mixed games like uh, Omaha High Low. They cover the heads up. Uh, and then horse and different things as well. And then when they get to the main event, they'll be carrying uh, the WSOP shows uh, on a daily basis. So it's it's great stuff. Excellent. Well, you've always been a champion for these people for Poker Gold. No, so. I think it's a great it's great, and uh, and and I I you should at least take a look at it and see if it's for you. Uh, last night I before I watched the Insiders thing, I stumbled across the 2011 uh, World Series of Poker main event shows. And they had like 14 shows from that year, and I guess they'll be carrying different years. But uh, it was a year that I followed it very closely. The year after the Grinder and John Dolan and Raisner made the final table of three Florida guys, and we started our show. And then the next year was uh, was a year that went uh, really deep, and I was following Ben Lamb and some of the stuff that uh, year that he had out there. Yeah, that was that was uh, what Ben Lamb went through was was kind of tough at that time. Yeah, absolutely. He had a uh, tough beat. But all that stuff is out there, and, uh, you know, there's so many great things to watch. So I, I, I kind of recommend that as well. Uh, let's take our final break on the show. We'll finish things up when we return. Uh, lots of news that we didn't get to tonight because of our guests, but uh, we will get to some of that next week. Uh, we'll touch on a little bit when we get back. Uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line, and we'll be back to finish up tonight's program when we return. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer could purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables, 
with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Finishing up things on the program tonight, our thanks to Johnny Campus. Uh, look forward to having Sherry Bykowski on, uh, working on a few other uh, things, but uh, keeping an eye on the uh, Bobby Baldwin Classic, which is a brand-new tournament this year out at the Aria in Vegas, and uh, kind of replaced the, the tournament that was here last year, uh, the World the uh, WPT Tournament Champions. Still around. They're down to three players now. Uh, Dietrich Fast went out in fourth place, made 130000 got knocked out. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kitty Quo got knocked him out. He had pocket aces. She had ace-10 uh, suited. Uh, flopped two diamonds uh, to go with her ace-10 of diamonds, and then uh, uh, got the queen on the turn. So uh, Dietrich Fast uh, knocked out there. Before him, it was... Uh, Sam Panzika was eliminated. So uh, uh, they are down to the final three. Joe McKeon, uh, Darren Elias, and Kitty Quo. Uh, Elias with about 2.5 million chips. Kitty Quo with about 1.6 million. And McKeon, the short stack, about 800,000. But still a lot yeah. of plays still involved there. I, I wouldn't count Joe out. <laughs> he is He has proven to be one hell of a poker player after he's, you know, won the main event. So... He's, uh, you've, we've mentioned his name many times on this show, and uh, so I wouldn't count him out with this short stack. There. He's got a really short haircut now. Looks kind of funny. <laughs> Fun, not, like not funny, haha. Funny, funny, funny lo- looking. Funny looking. <laughs> uh, I do follow him on Twitter, and I, I don't find him to be uh, a cordial guy. <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm just. Me- I'm talking about his uh, his poker skills have definitely proven to be very good. Uh, he's gone deep in a lot of other tournaments since he's uh, since he won that main event. And I'll be honest with you, over the last few main events, his to me was the most memorable because of the precision, like uh, you know, like a surgeon, the way he went about winning that tournament. Yeah, absolutely. He, you he know, completely he dominated. Up, he carved up from day two. That was when they did the three days there. And, from day two, he just carved up the the, the remaining five players till he won that. Uh, lots of news coming out about sports betting uh, as uh, Jersey moves forward, and uh, there's uh, some w- wonder about whether they're going to be the first ones. Uh, there's talk that uh, Delaware might meet, beat them to the table. Might on this. beat them to the table. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, they've obviously uh, had online poker for for a while, and. Uh, 
Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, Jersey, Delaware, and, uh, of course, Nevada have a big uh, leg up on everybody else. And uh, Pennsylvania will be next, but they're just getting their stuff going on. New York, uh, a lot of push for regulation for online poker as well, especially from uh, their assemblyman, Gary Pretlow, who's the uh, chair of the State Gambling Committee. And uh, we'll see what happens. A couple other stories just to touch on real briefly as we head out of here. Phil Ivey has said that he will be playing at the World Series of Poker this year. I think 2014 was the last time. So we saw uh, Jesus Ferguson and uh, Howard Lederer play the last couple of years. And Phil had his other uh, situations and things that he was involved in. So he uh, has not played for a couple of years, but he is going to run quite a few tournaments out there this year. So we look forward to that. Uh, Also wanted to mention there was a story down here in South Florida for our South Florida fans that uh, uh, there was a fellow named Bradley Rubin that actually uh, got into a car wreck on 95 um, down here in South Florida, ran into someone that uh, uh, a gentleman and his wife were, they were putting their car onto a tow truck, and he had uh, absorbed some edibles, uh, marijuana edibles, and uh, I don't know if that's exactly what caused the accident or not. He says it was, but he uh, actually the gentleman uh, that he hit was killed. And he's a, a fairly well-known uh, po- poker pro. Uh, he had uh, finished third in a $1,500 Raz tournament at the World Series of Poker last summer. So he's somewhat known out there, but uh, he's being held on a $100,000 bail. And if a lot of people heard the story about a, a Florida poker pro, that's who it was. Uh, I know that there was a Bradley Rubin that was on The Apprentice. Uh, he was a lawyer, <laughs> but that's not the same guy. So, uh, unfortunately, a very sad situation. And uh, the gentleman, uh, Juan Garcia, was uh, rushed to a hospital where he passed away. So uh, his wife is okay and still alive, but obviously suffering the loss of her husband. And this guy actually uh, was kind of gutless because he stood there for a few moments and then started running down 95. And I guess they found him about a half mile down the road sitting on the guardrail when he ran out of breath. Yeah, well, you know, that's when you're stoned. (laughs) Who knows how your mind is going to work when something like this occurs. really has nothing to do with poker, but uh, I'm sure that some people wondered, hey, uh, is it a guy that well, we've met before, and it, it is not. Dave, let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> the the shocking thing for me coming back into working last year was uh, the amount. I mean, I listen, I'm... <laughs> Uh, I know people have, have, have either been drinking or smoking in these games, but in, in the public uh, k- poker rooms now, you know, you, you, you smell it. I mean, it is it is so strong that I'm surprised that some of the dealers and, and supervisors haven't gotten stoned just, just, just from being that close to some of the players that yeah. that are just smoking right outside. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a different world that we live in now. Uh, but, you know... The, this is a lesson because this gentleman is probably going to be looking at some serious jail time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, still three left out in uh, Vegas at the uh, at the uh, Bobby Baldwin Classic final table. Darren Elias, 2.4 million. Kitty Quo uh, has dropped off a little bit. Uh, well, I still have her at 1.6 million. And McKeon, who just won a big hand, uh, now has 1.1 million, moving up a little uh, bit. I just I just mentioned that he may, don't count him out yeah, there. Yeah, he can't. So. He can't at all, for sure. Well, that's going to do it for the show. Joe, Joe uh, thank you so much for uh, 
your contributions to the show tonight. I know I didn't let you talk as like the old days, you know. That's okay. I was enjoying the co- – well, I didn't read the book, <laughs> so it wasn't fair for me to, yeah. to chime in on them. So. Okay. Gio, thanks for your work as well. We'll do it. Uh, that'll do it for the show this week. We'll catch you next week with another edition as we head into World Series of Poker 2018. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.